0: They came to Jericho as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way is the word of the Lord. Yeah. Thanks be to God. So uh, does anyone have any problem with me just doing this because I think I'm going to die? But it's okay. I'm willing to die for you. Feel free. I won't be. I, I don't care. Too much gospel. So um, yeah. So this is such a familiar passage for most of us, I'm going to say. Um so I don't know why this pops in my head but uh so when I was a kid growing up uh we spent like every Friday night in um like some church down in Alabama listening to these gospel singings like you do and uh, uh or like you not do anyway one of my favorite songs so we were like the roadies for this group called the Revelators right me and my family and I probably shared this before like you can't find this stuff it's not online right you got to have the cassette tape And uh, anyway, one of my all-time favorite gospel songs is called Rough Side of the Mountain. Anybody ever heard that? Like, it's like, oh, man, it's so good. And uh, I want to share a little bit of it with you guys, but you can't really sing it. I want to learn it at some point, but you, you know, as a congregation, but you can't really sing it without like a a tambourine or bass guitar, like, because you just don't get the gospel of it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's like, oh, Lord, there's like a beat. Uh, I'm striving. Can I get like a beat? Trying to make it through this barren land. But as I go from day to day, I can hear my Savior say, "Trust me, child. Come on and hold my hand." You know, you got. I'm adding a little country to it. And yeah, but then the chorus, the chorus goes. I'm coming up on the rough side, you can hear it, right, of the mountain, and I must hold to God, and there's a beat, boom, 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 his powerful hand, I'm coming up, and somebody at this point would go, coming up, Jesus, on the rough side, are you with me? of the mountain and then it goes I'm doing my best to make it in right are you with me like we have to learn this (laughs) no we have to learn this so it goes on for another 20 minutes and then you just like you know but uh yeah without fail every time they did this song there was this lady who they were also roadies and they would also be there and she would just mill the song. She would just get up and start going woo, and like the whole thing. And we're like, "Woo, ladies up!" You know, and and uh, man, y'all don't even know my childhood. So good. Um, you know, I I actually do love this song. Uh, the only really quarrel I have with this song and some of the other kind of old gospel songs is how much how oriented they are around maybe like what we do as a people, right, versus what God does. You know, there's a lot of, um, um, there's a lot of trying and coming and, and that kind of thing. But, but I think it's important sometimes to pause here, and I think there's a reason we resonate with songs like this a lot because, you know, it kind of does feel like we're coming up on the rough side of the mountain sometimes. Are you with me? You know, and it's like, yes, God is the one who does the saving. But, you know, I do hope that we're trying and we're holding and we're climbing, right? Uh, there's a there's a call and response to the song. And so, yeah, yeah. So this morning, uh, if you can see this text um, and also if you have your Bible, you have a leg up or if you have a phone with the Bible on it, that'll work. Um, but so we're in Mark 10 and we've been in Mark 10 because of the lectionary for a bit and, um, so I'm going to walk back through this passage and then we're going to flip around for a second. So, uh, like it said, um, it says they came to Jericho. There was this blind beggar, Bartimaeus, sitting by the roadside. And when he heard it was, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so if you know what's going on in the text a little bit, right, the fact that he's already saying son of David is this, uh, like, this is Messiah, this is a confession, right? He's saying, here's who I believe you to be, even in, as I'm crying out to you. I believe you are the one from the line of David, right? He's sort of confessing, right, who Jesus is, uh, right, in, in his proclaiming his Messiahship just through saying, son of David, right? He's making this statement, right? You are the one foretold, the one coming to save us, right? And so it's sort of already astounding uh, what this blind man seems to see within the text versus what everyone else is is missing, right, Uh, that that he's already intuiting. And it says, many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but I love this. He cried out even more loudly, right, son of David, have mercy on me. And you just sort of close your eyes and see this moment. Right? I love this he's persistent. He, he screams it again, he gets louder, right He's desperate. Jesus son of David, have mercy on me right Maybe not many of us know what it's like to be blind, but, uh, but maybe maybe some of us have been in a desperate enough moment to cry out to God in this way, right uh, trying to, to be heard. Um, so it says Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. There's sort of like a, a three, three-worder here. There's, so in the Greek, it's tharseo uh, egerophoneo, right? There's this sort of like, take heart, be courageous, right? So your text might say, and then it says, stand up, arouse, wake up. And then one of my favorite Greek Verbs Phoneo, right? It was always an easy one to remember. He called, call him, right? Tell him to come here. And, uh, and so it says he throws off his cloak and he springs up and came to Jesus, right? He, here he is doing things like blind people don't really do that much, right? Is, is like throwing anything off, springing up anywhere, right? And just sort of like going for it, right? He's just sort of going for it. And uh and then verse 51 says, Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Right? I mean, this is like the golden question. Are you with me? Like uh, that time, you know, that time where you where you meet God face to face, and he's like, Hey, what do you what do you want me to do for you? You know, it's like this is kind of your moment, uh, right? So, you know, can you imagine? Like, how do you how do you respond? Right? Um, we were uh, total side thing. We were uh, she's in with the kids, but we were at the Johnsons the other night. Several of us were around the campfire for Michaela's birthday and I think Michaela come up with a question but she was like imagine if your belly button this is so crazy was an actual button and you could press it and when you pressed it anything would could happen right and so everyone went around the campfire like I think my belly button would do this which the whole conversation just turned into like if you had one wish what would it like what could you get you know essentially uh you know it's kind of like that moment right it's kind of like here with Jesus, it's like, what do you want me to do for you? And, uh, you know, it's like, what's your authentic answer? Like pumpkin spice latte, you know, and a new life, please, you know, Any, anything, you know, a personal jet and maybe world peace, uh, right, uh, a new flannel and solving climate change would be great, you know, please, Lord, thank you. Pull around to the window, you know, uh, like, what, what is the situation here that we're in with the Christ, uh, and so this is actually a really key moment for us in this text in Mark 10, because uh, Mark is showing us something. There's actually a juxtapositioning happening with the rest of this chapter, and so to really understand what's on in the interplay here, we gotta we gotta kind of read Mark 10 in reverse. We gotta hit reverse. Look at someone and say reverse, reverse. All right. So if you have a Bible. You can rattle the pages, you can flip it back in time, and, uh, and we're going to go back to Mark 10. We're going to go back 10 verses to verse 35, the, the story right before this story. And it says, so here's kind of how I imagine this conversation, right? You know, it's like Jesus, you know the story. Jesus is strolling around with his homeboys and girls, and um, they're walking down the street. And there's James and John, right? Some of the inner circle, and uh, you know, and you just you just sort of hear this conversation. It's like, yeah, uh, so Jesus, we was thinking, right? Yeah, yeah, we have something we want to ask you, Jesus. We've been we've been thinking about it. Yeah, this is how I imagine it in my head, you know, because this this is like this conversation. He's like. You get the same question. Jesus is like, What do you want me to do for you? Like he asked them that. Like verbatim, you get this question repeat, right? But do you remember how they responded in the text, right? They said, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left yeah, yeah, in your glory, you know, like like what what's happening right now? You know, like like what is this banter, you know? And it's just like you know, you have like just this Owen Wilson wow moment here, you know, like this is really happening. Uh this is really what they're going to going to do, you know. Uh this is like that one of those moments where you're like, "Oh yeah, politics are an actual thing even here in the Gospels." Uh, right. They've been around for a long time, right? Is jesus running for office? Uh, is that what's happening? They're still believing there's this power over thing that jesus is coming to do Right, and then you also kind of remember just how young the disciples probably were Uh, you know, and I love matthew's version of this story is fantastic because they don't actually ask the question uh, their mommy does and uh And you know and (laughs) Yeah, you know, I could totally see my mom doing this too. Like, you know, my son Caleb, you know, like, uh, like mom, you know, it's Jesus, uh, you know, yeah. But they're just still, they're just still not getting it. They're still, they're just still not getting it. All right, we got to hit reverse again. We're gonna go back another section, um, Mark 10. Uh, 32, 32 through 34, right before this, uh, it just shows you how much they weren't getting it. It says they're on the road to Jerusalem. Uh, Verse 33, uh, Jesus says, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priest and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him. And after three days he will rise again. This is the moment before, right? It's like how much more direct can Jesus get, right? The gospels continually testify to us just how much Jesus' disciples never truly absorbed the reality that was this different thing that was about to happen. That, that, that things actually were about to change. There are these gruesome realities, this, this sort of like cost of discipleship uh, that was just, for whatever reason, and we can sort of imagine, why this would just be so hard to, to grasp. Um, and I think that's fascinating, but I also, I can see it. I can, I can see it. Um, Because the world generally tends to operate the way that we expect the world to operate, doesn't it? Tomorrow sort of comes and goes the way we usually think tomorrow is going to come and go. And it happens for like a long time. But then Jesus comes and he shows us that God's way is different. And that sometimes with the kingdom of God, right, um, things are very different than we expect them to be right that things actually do change and so this is why i think jesus comes and spends so much time actually healing people what's up man come on in dude we got a whole we got a whole seat here i think this is why jesus spends so much time like actually like healing people and actually telling Those like parables, because these are all glimpses of this kingdom of heaven, like reality that is coming in this, in this exact moment, little man, and so, the sirens are happening, poor little guys. It's awesome. Love those kids. If you guys don't know, Koran uh, and Kimari, they're good kids. So, um, so Jesus is like physically bringing this kingdom uh, with him when he comes somewhere. And so um, despite everything that the disciples and the people in the world around him knew to be true about their time. Right? That Jesus comes and Jesus changes it. Jesus comes and changes it. Jesus comes and tells them stories about a kingdom that is very different than everything that they know from day to day to day to day. Right? And so I wonder this morning, um, what are those things for you? What's up, man? Good morning. Right here. Don't let me hang in. Uh, What are those things for you uh, that you just know to be true? Right? You just know this morning, like, what are those narratives and what are those stories that you just know this morning to be true? What are those broken places that you just know these won't change? Those wounds, those failures, those shortcomings in and around your life that you see in the world, right? That's just the way that it is. Right? The whole world is going to just continue to be greedy and over-consuming and lustful. Right, We're always just going to be taking a step backwards toward Rome rather than the kingdom of heaven. That's just who the world is. And that's just who I am. Right, This is who I am. I'm a person who never gets it right. I'm a person who goofs. Right, I'm a person uh, who's just kind of a screw-up. I'm a sloth. I'm stuck. I'm a person who's just stuck. Harmful patterns, harmful habits. It's who I am. Right? It doesn't change. You know, as much as, um, as, much as I'm different from my dad, uh, if you guys have met my dad and tried to talk to him and couldn't understand him because of his thick southern accent, uh, you know, uh, many people are like, I don't know what your dad just said to me, but I smiled and nodded. But, um, anyway, yeah, 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 I think we have a few things in common. Um, you know, growing up, my, my mom is the one who, uh, gave me all the religious, um, instructions, but my, uh, dad would give me all the, uh, practical nuggets, and, uh, I think they were memorable because they were few and far in between, and, um, but I always appreciated the way, well, not always, I didn't appreciate it at all at the time, but, uh, <laughs> but looking back i see that the way he was willing to teach me actually turned out to be really helpful for me and uh and it's controversial probably because it was a lot of like here jump in this water and see if you stay alive you know kind of situation uh you know but but he <laughs> you know ironically he he cared for me in a way that he was willing to let me undergo some really hard situations. And what I ended up learning from these moments uh, was that there are many situations in life, I I believe, that will require from me, like, maximum effort, (laughs) right? Maximum effort. And I learned that through a lot of different things and several instances where, uh, maybe some blood was coming out, and uh, there was some injury, you know. But inadvertently, the thing that I don't know that he knew that he was teaching me, the the Christ moment, I think, was that he actually, uh, as hard as this moment was, and and maybe I couldn't get that lug nut off, and I couldn't do the thing, and I couldn't back up the truck, or I couldn't do whatever it was, you know, he actually was... He was always there, you know, the whole time, you know, jumping in at the right moment. Are you with me this morning? It was something else uh, happening. All right, we're going to hit reverse one more time. Uh, looking back a little further in Mark 10, we're back now to verse 17. We're just going really just section by section. We haven't skipped anything. It says, we see Jesus' interaction. Uh, he's here with this wealthy man. Um, someone called the rich young ruler Gerdam preached on this a couple weeks ago it's fantastic he says uh, you know the story right a man wants to follow Jesus but he can't do everything except the one thing you lack one thing go sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me right we had a great sermon on this Uh, so clearly uh, Mark is, is sort of climaxing here to this clear image of exact like what it will require To follow Jesus, what is the necessary posture for following Jesus? Right, this posture of letting go, this posture of release, this posture of doing the hard thing, this posture of faith. Uh, And so, finally, we're going to hit reverse one last time and go to the the text right before this one in chapter uh, in chapter ten still. And uh, so, go right behind the rich rich man. and Jesus is here embracing noisy, crazy children, right? It's important that we remember that children in the ancient world uh, had virtually no rights, uh, right? Uh, they weren't supposed to um, interrupt the teaching for sure. Uh, you know, they weren't even really sp- supposed to be in the room kind of situation. And Jesus reveals it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God has, uh, as a little child will never enter it. As we hear screams from the other room, right? Because that's, that's, that's part of it, man. That's part of it. Oh, dude, just let them be, man. They're going to do it. They're going to scream. And so, yeah, this little child who has no rights who contributes nothing to society, who only takes... Are you with me, right? Who is completely reliant. Jesus is like, yeah, be like them. And so, wrapping up this morning, try Mark 10 is building. He's like, here's what it looks like to follow me into this kingdom. It looks like this child. It looks like someone leaving, wanting to leave, willing to leave everything to follow me. It looks like being prepared to die in Jerusalem, right? Uh, And then the very next moment, you get uh, this James and John story. You get this James and John narrative. What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Hey, you guys have to come in or go out. Which one are you guys doing? Get on on in here. You guys can go sit over there. I don't want to hear a peep. Not a peep. Or sit with your mommy, find your daddy, whoever you want to be with. You wanna sit with Uncle Zach? You wanna come stand with me? What you wanna do? You wanna sit with sis? Think about it. All right. Where are we? We're all over the place. We're all over the Bible. Um, yeah, so they're like, yeah, grant us to sit, one at your right hand, one at your left. What is this motivation here, right? James and John are still giving us lessons and missing the point. It's almost like Mark leaves this moment here to say, here's how not to answer this question, right? What do you want me to do for you? Worldly glory seeks to be seen. Kingdom of heaven glory seeks to see Jesus says oh you'll get your chance at drinking the cup but it may not be what you think it is alright so back in our original story this morning Mark has been building to this moment here you get verse 51 and there's sort of this repeat Uh, this blind man who has jumped to his feet comes to Jesus what do you want me to do for you the blind man said to him my teacher let me see again and I want to see, like without hesitation. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained sight and followed Jesus on the way. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want Jesus to do for you this morning? It's sort of an audacious question, isn't it? It's sort of an audacious thing to consider, right? For James and John, then they asked this question, uh, but they had just obviously been missing the whole thing, right? Were they part of, were they here at all of these other things? Right their salvation uh, Was about something else. It was about fitting the kingdom of god into their narrative But for this blind man Uh, right who if you were blind in in the first world It it wasn't just about not having sight. It was about being ritually unclean It was about not being able to get a job is not about not being able to have a home Right, uh, you were just thrown to the curb man if you were blind in 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 the ancient world, right? and so Uh, He's audaciously honest, right? He's already led around like a child in many regards, uh, already cast aside by society. He was already, I guess, so close to the kingdom of God in this moment. Um, You know, his container, his container was already primed and ready to receive uh, the healing that Jesus was ready to give, right? I guess this morning, if in some ways, just like my dad uh, Jesus is w- with us. He's, he's kind of already here, right? He sees the struggle. Maybe sees, sees it, right? He sees our blindness, our place, right? Sees we're on the rough side of the mountain. <laughs> Are you with me? Uh, yet, yet he still says, and I find this interesting. He says, call him here. He doesn't go to the blind man. He's not like, all right, let me go check this out. He's like, call him here. And sure enough, dude springs up, throws off his garment, stumbles his way. He's grabbing hands, right? Uh, But Jesus doesn't go to him. And I have to wonder for a moment, right, if sometimes we still have to get up. And if, and if faith always involves a bit of effort, a bit of moving into the uncomfortable and doing things we don't want to do sometimes, this sort of stepping out of the boat moment of, uh, you know, of allowing a priest to hold you underwater for 10 seconds, you know, this like, and we call it a sacrament, right? There, there's all of these things, right, about following uh, Christ, relinquishing our safety nets, following this God into a wilderness, you know, like, I want to go back to Egypt. At least there were flesh pots, whatever those were, uh, right? Uh, but it's uncomfortable. How might we do the hard things sometimes, the faith of, giving, uh, of getting up even though we can't see where we're going, right? Of throwing off this hindering garment, of grabbing the hands of our friends, of uh, the risk of just sort of stumbling and going for it and reaching out to the living christ what is the hard thing for you this morning how do you need to respond right jesus comes to us and he says what do you want me to do for you right and the thing about this question this morning is um before you can answer this question you have to know who jesus is right because um yeah, that kind of precedes it. Who is Jesus? Is Jesus your savior? Is Jesus your teacher? Is Jesus a good read? If Jesus had a podcast, would you listen to it, right? You know, sometimes I think the temptation is to lump Jesus in with like Richard Rohr or something or like C.S. Lewis or George McDonald or you know, it's like Jesus is kind of like a good read, right? No, no, Jesus. Jesus has to be your savior, Jesus has to be the one saving you. Jesus has to be the one that you're willing to throw it off for, right? Jesus is our Savior. Jesus saves me. Jesus shows me the way. Jesus shows us all the way, right? Yeah, he shows us how to live. Yeah, he shows us how to behave. But he does this after and through and in the act of saving us, right? And so there's this bit of step one in this passage. If we can sort of put ourselves there for a minute, of crying out uh, like this, Bartimaeus once cried out, right, in this sort of unwavering fervor, right, because he knew what he needed. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's pray this morning, and uh, and I hope we can all find our way forward uh, into what it means that Jesus saves us. And I think that's tied up a lot, um, especially, you know, if you're in a generation who grew up going to church a lot too, that that language can have a lot of baggage. Um, And I think sometimes it's easy to forget who Jesus is and what Jesus does want to do for you. And does want to do for us. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for this rich text this morning in Mark 10. Just a brief glimpse of a greater narrative. Of you teaching us about what it means that. Things can be different (laughs) that at one moment we are broken and it does seem like this is just what it is It's just who I am. It's just where we are and it's just what the world is But then you show us a kingdom That somehow breaks every expectation And changes everything that was true yesterday In a great act of of salvation upon our lives and upon our world if we are going to talk about power in the same sentence as the kingdom of heaven that's the framework that we have to talk about that you are here to save and sanctify and make us more like you and transform, transform our lives in and out into the image of God this morning And so we give you thanks in your name. Amen.